0: How to Be Mediocre by J.D. DePalma. Primarily narrated by J.K. Larkin, with assistance by Danielle Masquod. Published by Red Penguin Books. Chapter 11. You sure you want to be famous? Wow. I did something productive with music. It's a first. It didn't go to number one on the billboard charts or anything, but it's been getting some airplay on college radio stations, Better than anything I ever did on my own. I kept getting calls from Jackie saying, We did it! It's on the radio! Thank you! It was cute at first. But after the tenth time, it gets under your skin. But I can't really bitch, since they didn't get rid of the audio of me harmonizing, and the one or two vocal lines I threw in. It is dubbed, I'm at War, by Jackie Ill, featuring... Doug Manning. I'm getting phone calls from relatives I hadn't talked to in years because it was played on a college radio station that broadcast on the same channel as a national sports team. Isn't that nuts? (laughs) From a guy who was slowly backing out of the business, I sure as hell seem elbow-deep in it. Speaking of which, Mom and Dad were not so thrilled. Seeing that I'm working and going to school full-time, it seems like I'm not taking anything seriously. Mom approaches me nicely about it. Heard your song, Dougie. When did you have time to write that? I countered with, Kind of just wrote it in an hour, Mom. She hit me with a wave of inspiration I was feeling at one point, too, so it just came naturally. That went as well as could be expected. Well, have your grades been coming to you so easily? I rolled my eyes while her back is turned. I just have to finish a paper on the progress I've made since starting my first semester. A real hand job of a paper, Mom. Will you just take this seriously? Mom, you're not in the class. It's easier than you think it is. She almost drops the boiling pot on my head. Deservingly so, since I am being a little snot. You know what? I'll just go out for a while. I'm taking everything seriously. I wrote a song for someone. It doesn't mean I'm quitting my job or dropping out of school. Please. Chill. (laughs) Please note, you should never tell anyone angry to chill, because they will erupt with anger. Especially the woman who gives her entire life for your existence. Yeah. I've earned a piece of shit. Gold. Metal. I get in the car and start driving. I have not even traveled two blocks when I get a call from Dad. Oh boy, did I fuck up now. I answer with a pleasant, Hello? In return, I get, so this is what's going to happen. You're going to turn around and drive home to apologize to your mother for your shitty attitude. You know you haven't been giving work and school your full attention, and it's about time you do. We have been beyond patient with you about music, and I'm putting my foot down. You've gone too far. I went from pleasant to enraged within .05 seconds. What the fuck did I do here? Yes, I'll apologize to mom, but I didn't sell drugs or wreck my car. My grades are great. Work loves me. I'm doing better with my health than I ever thought I could. Get off my back. It's my life. And I hang up the phone. And if you think Ange is on my side, oh, you'd be dead wrong. More times than not, my girlfriends have always taken my parents' side. Win or lose or draw, they'll never be on my side. It gets quite annoying, actually. I pull up to her house and she's waiting outside for me. Jesus, are they on a conference call? I'm not even out of the car when she's at the window with her hand out with a phone in it. Call your mother now. Babe, how did you- She called me. I don't know if I can get a word in edgewise in my own life. Ange, I'll call her later. I just want to blow off steam and get my head straight. You don't get to cool off with me until you call both your parents and apologize. Now I've lost my cool. I don't want to hear it from any of you. Don't forget, you told me to write to her and gave me some pretty great advice on how to. This hit is on nobody more than you, Ange. I'm sick of everyone talking to me like they're in charge of me. It's my life and I'm going to live it how I want to. And drive off, because I'm not talking to you for the rest of the day, asshole. I didn't even say bye. Just put the car in drive and drove off. I'll talk to Mom and Dad later, and I'll apologize to Ange tomorrow or something. I don't want to go home, but I can only think of one place left to go. So I stop by Chris's place. I am greeted at the door by him, but... With a look of absolute disappointment, he shakes his head silently, but saying everything. We say nothing to each other as I got back in my car and head down his driveway at full speed. I have nobody on my side. The support system that sent me hurtling toward this world is now pulling me back because it has become bigger than they thought it would ever go. It's almost like they're all saying, he's having fun. Why not ruin it for him? It'll never happen, so what's the harm in him having fun? (sighs) I'm not allowed to go home, but I have no place left to go. So I stay in a hotel for the night. I can't believe what I'm reduced to. What cliché, I've turned into a lonely artist in his hotel room. I have some bouts of inspiration, but nothing concrete comes of them. I've never been kicked out of the house before, but here I am. The next day I go off to work in the same clothes I wore the day before. Yes, I have washed them. I'm not a total pig. I get a call from the class I'm in to go down to the principal's office. I've never been to the principal's office even as a kid, so obviously I'm petrified. I walk the long walk of shame down the main hallway past the guidance counselors, the school nurse, and the auditorium. Maybe it is the sheer panic of this possibly being my last walk down this hallway that has scared the shit out of me enough to realize that I don't want to lose this job. It's a good gig while I'm in school, and it will only get... Better as I grow older. Why blow it on a gig that'll get sick of me and throw me into the scraps when they find the next best replica? Jobs like this value wisdom and experience, they don't discard them. Everyone's right. I have to get my head out of my ass and into the sun where I can see what's coming next. I walk into the office and have to reintroduce myself to the office assistant. Now, I'm not against hiring the elderly to do clerical jobs, but I think to qualify for this job, you should have to be able to see the person coming in for assistance. Have your bifocals ready, Darlene? We have shit to do. I walk in past Max, the principal, who I graduated with, by the way, overachieving prick, sits me down to have the talk. He's nice enough, but feeling inadequate in everything you do in life? Sucks. Having someone speaking to you in a shallow and pedantic way doesn't help. Hey, Doug, have a seat. So, I sit like Bruce, waiting for a treat. How's mom and dad? Everyone's good. I'm getting together with them later for dinner. I reply, obviously lying. Girlfriend, good? Yes, sir. Just got back from a vacation. Artists lie every day to make it look like they aren't scrounging. And how is Chris? Everyone is good, Max? What's... He gives me a look with the intent of letting me change what I just called him. Sorry, Dr. Veitman. Slipped into my old high school jargon. He doesn't say anything. Just nods his head. So I was listening to the radio, and I have to tell you about this song I heard. Seems... Like you finally broke through, and I have to say, I'm proud of you. (laughs) I'd be smiling and saying thank you if I didn't expect it to be followed by some bad news. He could have said this in the hallway. Why call me to the office? Then he turns around and sits in his chair. It's really great. I love how it sounds, but... I don't like the sound of my students talking about one of my TAs being a pop star on the radio. It's a distraction, and uh, gets rumors started. I squint my eyes with disbelief. What rumors are you talking about, dude? He rolls his eyes, seeing I'll never fully respect him. How about that you wrote that song snorting coke off her ass, or you're leaving to go on tour with her, or how you both are hosting SNL as a couple? Wait, you know none of that's true. Yes, Doug, I know. The point here is that you can't keep doing both. The school board is pressuring me to fire you. I damn near fell out of my chair. Fire me? For what? Having a hobby? I told them the same thing. I can't fire you for something legal you're doing in your spare time. But we can fire you for causing distractions to students and displaying inappropriate behavior. It's not even my behavior! Rumors can overshadow the truth and you know that. So I'm just letting you know. It's going to have to be one or the other. Teaching or music. I'm sorry. I wish I had another choice. Head back to class and try to have a better day. I walk out, stark, white, and pale. It wasn't just a metaphor anymore. I have to make a choice, have financial security, and be stable doing something I love, or do what I've always wanted since I first dropped the needle on a turntable. I drive back home and pick up flowers for both Ange and Mom while I grab candy for Dad. I think I flipped between the right choice and the wrong choice at least a hundred times today. But then again, I also think I made the right choice. I'll never know until I pursue my pick and see in the end. Jesus, I know people make hard choices like this every day, but this is... Never something I was prepared for. R- regardless, time to man up and apologize to the people I love. The people who, no matter how angry they make me, are just looking out for me, regardless of how much they're being a pain in the ass. I roll up to the house and to Ange's car parked in the driveway. Are they hanging out without me? What the, the hell? I walk in with everything and they're on me in a second with hugs and kisses. What what the hell is going on? Dad put his head on my shoulder. Doug Tim died early this morning This has been How to Be Mediocre by J D De Palma. Primarily narrated by J.K. Larkin, with assistance by Danielle Masquode. Published by Red Penguin Books.